Hello and welcome to our His Dark Materials podcast. I'm your host, Cecily. I'm your co-host, Alexis. And we are covering episode five of His Dark Materials in season two. And this one is called The Scholar, or The Scholar for you American folks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what group of people that first word was for. It was for sure. the kind of, uh, you know, the the UK folks who say like microwave instead of oh. microwave. What? Uh, yeah, exactly. I just want to make sure I'm just I'm I'm, I'm covered all your all non-existent bases. bases. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Alexis, episode five in second season. What are your thoughts? I think once again, we are getting so many exciting things, more fights so many fights this season that I wasn't expecting to see, except I was. But <laughs> actually, no, 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 no. That last fight I was not expecting because mm. I don't think it goes down that way in the book, if memory serves. What were? Oh my god! What are your thoughts? I'm. Uh, I I texted you halfway through this episode, and I was like, I am so excited about this episode. It's 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 so much fun. I think this is my favorite one so far. In any season, this is my favorite one wow. so far because high praise. Yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like high, there's a lot of high tension, sexual power plays between Mrs. Coulter and Boreal, and uh, people are making plans and making moves, and this just this one just had me engaged from start to finish, and I can't really say that about any other episode. I was there for it. You were there for it. I bet you were liking the the feminist stuff too. Oh yeah. Ooh, oh yes. yeah. Mary Malone and Mrs. Coulter. I don't oh, remember. Yeah, I got lots of thoughts <laughs> about all of that. <laughs> I I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember them meeting in the books, and I think it is a very cool touch to have them meeting here because they are women. Oh. oh well, that's but that's something we can get into later. Yeah, not n- not a spoiler, but um, I I love seeing the differences because that was definitely as soon as she showed up in Mary Malone's office, Mrs. Coulter did that. I was immediately thinking, oh, how did this play out in the books? How did her <laughs> you know outfit selection process go? All of those things, very interesting. Yeah, it uh, didn't. So there you go. Somebody's <laughs> going to correct me. I'm sure. <laughs> Doesn't matter because we're here to talk about the Magisterium right now, mm-hmm. which is we get a brief uh, couple of shots to the Magisterium. So we see that McPhail is, you know, filling his place, I guess, and kicking out uh, Cardinal Graves, which he mm-hmm. always intended to do. But. He has his opinion that people should retain their faith in the magisterium and that denying that this the sky portal exists is not a great way to go about business because that's what the that's what the previous cardinal wanted to do. And mm-hmm. that got him into a lot of hot water within, you know, the ranks as well sure. as like trying to push that on the people is a is a losing game. So he got him arrested. He got him super arrested. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens whenever you try to say, like, oh, the the North is out of control Mm -hmm. to somebody who 
basically has to succeed no matter what because his reputation is on the line, not just within the within the little circle of the magisterium here, but with what Mrs. Coulter knows about him. Yeah. The dirt that he killed his predecessor, basically, or, you know, allowed his predecessor to be killed. Yeah. And so. this isn't power, you know, going to his head. This is, these are motions he planned on making up front and before any of this, before he gained any of his own power. Yeah. So just delivering on that promise. But the last we see of the Magisterium and this um, group is uh, McPhail asking Fra Pavel to read his own alethiometer and give him information about where Mrs. Coulter is. Mm -hmm. Which I'm very curious about because I, you know, you could ask Lyra the same question. She can tell you exactly where Mrs. Coulter is. Fra Pavel, someone who has studied and tried to learn, who doesn't have that innate um, kind of talent within him, can only, you know, interpret the clues as well as he can. And when and he's going to be really slow about it, too. Yeah, he's going to be slow about it. And Mrs. Coulter is in a whole different world. So, you know, it just makes his readings that much more inaccurate. Yeah, how's that going to translate? Yeah. <laughs> Not going to say she crossed the friggin' rainbow bridge or something. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't know where that's going. Um Yeah, uh before I move on, I just don't I just don't know where the magisterium's I I, I guess I just assumed that the magisterium and McPhail would just stay in stasis. And that they mm. wouldn't do anything more because Mrs. Coulter said, you're in control now, McPhail, and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. <laughs> so why are sure. we even, you know, going back to check on the magisterium? But that's I mean, something to just keep in the back of your mind? Yeah, I mean, he is at least a little bit beholden to this council. It does seem like if something really crazy happens, that they probably can depose him mm -hmm. in some way. I, to be fair, I don't really understand how the whole that whole system works in actual Catholicism. So I definitely don't know how it works in fantasy Catholicism. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I bet he still has to at least look like he's doing his job as cardinal. Mm -hmm. Um, they make a plan. We see them. Okay, so the next few sections between Lyra and Will and Mrs. Coulter and um, Lord Boreal are kind of interspliced between each other. Mm -hmm. So we're just gonna, going to go through what Lyra and Will are experiencing until they meet up with each other. So Will and Lyra make a plan using the idea of the same plans repeating in the two worlds. And that is they have this brilliant idea of, uh, you know, these, at least these two Oxfords that Lyra and Will inhabit. Nope, that's not even right. That this world, the Chittagatze, and this new modern Oxford 
kind of mirror each other. So if you cut through one world at one point, it kind of mirrors exactly where it's going through into the other. So it kind of mirrors where it's going through into the other world, at least for these two worlds. <laughs> and again, we've asked a lot of questions about this, but um, Will is able to cut portals between this Chirigatsu world and the modern Oxford that he came from mm -hmm. and only through there. <laughs> uh, or is that the case? I don't we know. don't know. They, they, I sli know, they sliced but... a lot of holes in, the, in this episode. You know, he, he found, they found high ground, low ground places to infiltrate Boreal's house, mm -hmm. condo, home, apartment, <laughs> flat, whatever it is. <laughs> His estate. Yes, but every time that Will cuts through, it's always into this world. It is. It's true. So. so we get the idea that this is the like multi-universe sort of representation where, like you said, everything is, all the worlds are just laid on top of each other, like parchment paper or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Pan also has this idea of not crossing over until dark mm -hmm. because he thinks that, you know, anything near the tower of angels will affect their their crossing over process do you have any thoughts on that so i think the difference is the the time of day is different in chitigatse like when it is daytime there it's night i think in okay. oxford Right? No? Or am I, or am I remembering it, that incorrectly? It doesn't, the it doesn't make sense because if it's the exact same location on the planet, mm -hmm. in whatever parallel universe, it should always be the same time of day. In my mind. It should be the same location on the Earth in the same, the same time zone and... Yeah, I think it is. I think I'm getting my fantasy property mixed up. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I read too much. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's 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 the same. I think it's just at night it's less easy for people to see people popping into existence out of nowhere. <laughs> right. But it seemed yeah. like, you know, Lyra actually popping up outside of the the, you know, Boreal's grounds was a was a late game play. Uh you know, it seemed like the time of day didn't really matter. Um, wait mm -hmm. till dark makes sense. But when they checked in at dark, Boreal and Mrs. Coulter, and they didn't see Mrs. Coulter there, but they were both in that room, which I don't have a word for. Um, that the museum room <laughs> that he's got. I think Lyra calls it the cabinet room. The Is cabinet that right? Ke she cabinet. said cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> she overpronounced that word, but yeah. Okay, so back in the real world, before they've actually crossed over and tried to make moves to um, rob, not rob, reclaim their own property, Lyra and Will find Angelica and her sister Morning Tolliver, who's turned into one of those zombie people, those soulless zombie people. So that confirms, that all but confirms everything we talked about in the last episode. Mm 
It's Tulio. What did I say? It's Oliver. It's Oliver. Sorry. I don't know why I said that. Oh, you're good. I don't even think it really matters. I just was saving you a few, <laughs> a few emails. Um, yeah, we didn't think we would see these people again. And mm-hmm. his older sister uh, or the older sister in the re- relationship um, seems to swear some sort of vengeance that she's going to wreak upon them. How that serious exactly do you think she is? How I put it in my notes. I that feels kind of like a thing that they're setting up to come back later. Like, oh, I'm gonna get you at an inopportune time <laughs> when you're trying to do something else, and I'm just gonna be the wild card swooping in. That's what it felt like to me. I have here in my notes that the Edge Lady promised us mm. that we wouldn't see them again. So I don't know what to expect. Interesting. And you being the edge lady what are your thoughts on that on being called out like this having making you know making this prediction and not being able to follow through on it what are your thoughts wow (laughs) i don't i'm not sure what i'm being accused of (laughs) but i don't appreciate it i'm sorry oh you're fine uh this is deep cut I we talked last episode about how he went to Angelica's window and called out for her before he was taken by the specter. And now right. we're seeing that Angelica and her sister are um, trying to get Tulio oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to right. respond. Right. In last and... episode, I said that they weren't going to come back because I. <laughs> yeah, you said, I don't clearly know. We'll never know see was... them again. Yeah. What I was talking about. <laughs> Oops. So now I'm thinking that maybe the show is going to mix it up a bit and and throw these sisters in there as a some kind of future foil. But yeah, or or the book did that too and I just forgot. That's also very possible. <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep reading. <laughs> so after this, you know, Lyra and Will apologize profusely and then Lyra uses herself as a decoy to sneak into Boreal's house because they see that he is in this, uh, you know, this museum basement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she attempts to create a distraction so that Will can slice a window into the that world in the same room in the basement, very close to the couch to snatch the alethiometer and then get them both out of there quickly. Does not go as planned. Does not. Nope. So I'm going to put that on pause for a minute, if you don't mind. Yep. And then let's talk about all of the things that Mrs. Coulter and Boreal, Carlo Boreal, go through leading up to that same point. Boy, he is really good. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to cough and then my cat scrambled (laughs) at the same time. And then I muted too late. Uh, right, start kidding. again for me, yeah. please. Yep. Boy, Boreal is really trying his hardest to impress Mrs. Coulter, and she is just not having it. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned this in the last episode, and I thought I was being weird about it because he was coming on very strong to mm-hmm. her. But this episode is is all you know just as strong but she rebuffs him by the end she does but boy she has to deal with it 
up until then. She has uh-huh. to roll her eyes uh, when he's not looking. <laughs> pretend to love his music, all those things. Oh my gosh, she didn't even pretend. She was like, hey, could you, can we turn this Can we not? This not off? even just can turn we... it down. Can we just not? <laughs> <laughs> She's like all curled up as far away from him yes. as she can get in the corner of the couch. Like, boy, read some body language, man. She's yes. not into this. He's all stretched out like he's king shit of Turd Mountain. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, she's as comfy as she can be without, you know, not being vulnerable on his couch. I don't know. Right. <laughs> she can run without shoes is what all I'm saying. So the first time we see her in this world, she is at the American driver's seat of a Tesla. And uh, it took me it took me a minute to realize that she isn't actually driving, even though she absolutely can. I thought she was at the driver's seat, but she's on the right side of the vehicle to observe a woman and... Let me back up. Not even just a woman rocking her child. She's seeing just people doing things uh, with... In this in this modern world that she hasn't had any exposure to, mm-hmm. and it's so wild. And it's this woman who's dressed very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not ornate. It's not specific. It's it's very deliberately. She's she's got the hat placed just so, and mm-hmm. you know the the outfit without a. a wrinkle to be found right she's crisp a woman who would rather die than wear jeans oh my god that (laughs) face that face she makes of the jeans and then we see mary malone in her always in jeans always in chucks yes (laughs) oh i thought i thought that was a great look but you know she's she's just witnessing this modern marvel or just not even modern they're in the same age i guess as far as like parallel universes and worlds go, they yeah. are the exact same age. But, but the magisterium has been holding back science in yeah. her world. Their basically. advancements are not exactly one to one ratio. It's because they have to get everything approved by the church. Yeah. And the church yeah. is no magisterium, not a big fan of jeans or women, high waisted um, <laughs> mom jeans, boot cut. Flares, skinny jeans, and women are, are the very specific things that they are against, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Boreal tries to really entice Mrs. Coulter into being attracted to his lifestyle, shows her some important artifacts, which are <laughs> which are very impressive and very distinctive for anyone else besides all the people he wants to... <laughs> Yes. and she plays this funny joke where she pretends to drop the thing and he oh my god <laughs> he shits amazing. his pants on screen right <laughs> reveals his only weakness yes. basically um he he reveals that he's got this alethiometer and his super you know he's got all these museum quality um areas to display things but he's got a super secret safe with a lot of things that you know, expand beyond the alethiometer, which I would love to see what he's got in there. Yeah, totally. Um, but he pulls this thing out and shows 
Mrs. Coulter that he's got this and that's his Lyra trap. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, so you stole this from her? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that line? Like he's, it felt, it felt almost a little she, accusatory, yeah, right? Yeah, but it feels yeah. like something she would do. I Yeah, totally. She kind of tried to do that herself. Yeah. But him doing it, it was like, ugh, how dare you? You would do this? <laughs> you? <laughs> right. Maybe she was surprised that he was able to outsmart her in anything. Hmm. I don't think she thinks he's all that intelligent. <laughs> the impression i get but he is they both are i think they're such a good pair but Mm. the reason that they work so well is the same reason why they will refuse to get together if that makes any sense they're too similar yeah they're too strong-willed and goal-oriented in completely different directions but they're both hot and powerful so we're all rooting for them but she's totally not impressed by him though she even i mean she says in this scene you have access to all of this cool technology and advancements that could have helped our world and what did you do with that access you basically stole trinkets Mm -hmm. i mean even in terms of ambition it seems like he his sights are a lot smaller than mrs coulter's I mean, like like she said, he didn't do anything in this world. He just, he made a corporation and stores a bunch of things that only very specific people care about. Yeah. And I mean, she even, she even really uses that against him by the end of the episode to accuse him of, you know, exactly what he is doing. He's, um, you know, manipulating the world to for his own benefit, and um, he just likes to collect pretty little things, including Mrs. Coulter. And I think there's no doubt in our mind, as the viewer and the reader, that that is true. Yeah, totally. He's not interested in her as a whole person. Yeah. He just- is fascinated with her for some yeah. reason. Yeah, she's a conquest. Yeah. I think. And we talked about that a little bit in the last episode when he rubbed a snake on her. So yeah. <laughs> at least we didn't draw this out. But yeah. um, it, bef- previously, I thought it was um, a mutually beneficial uh, friendship. It but- seemed like it used to be. But at some point, maybe because he started being a little meaner about Lyra. Or maybe after he learned about Lyra, that's when she started souring on him. Yeah, or that he definitely knew that Azrael was out of the picture forever mm-hmm. and that Lyra would never take her back, that he got he saw an opportunity to jump in. I don't know. Maybe. He did get really testy whenever she even said the word Azrael. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ugh, why are we talking about Azrael? And she, very rightly, almost mm-hmm. in tears, we see her, that got under her skin more than a lot of other things have. She says, it's not about Azrael, it's about me. Right. Just because, because you talk was. about other people doesn't mean that it's not your own story. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she's probably fucking sick of having her own, her entire existence defined by this affair that she had with Azrael, this one mistake that she made. And not only that, with this whole legacy of Azrael, but also she has to deal with this very special child that she is born that she has to compete against as well. So this mm-hmm. incredibly powerful woman, this incredibly intimidating uh, woman who by all means should have a doctorate in her own right, mm-hmm. except that she's a woman has to face all of this. And that's, that's, that's gotta be hard, but um, there's a lot of moments here in this episode that <laughs> tell me that we're still on the path of, redeeming mrs coulter and i hate that for her (laughs) even though i love her and she looks fucking fabulous in modern day wear and a muted lip and (laughs) everything she's doing smoothing back her hair hair. was a good choice yeah (laughs) um that's all great but uh i'm with you it's good to have just as many unlikable women in a story as likable women Mm -hmm. because the men get to have the same so why do we have to try to rehabilitate no (laughs) just no just no (laughs) who would she be as a good person what would she do her whole thing (sighs) is like is scheming and trying to climb her way up right if she had like flipped the script and had some sort of um moral revolution or i'm sorry revelation rather when lyra was three or four years old then you can bring it back and become a mother but you can't decide once your child proves to be um valuable or moral or ethical in a way that you can use to decide you, you want to be a parent you know if if lyra had turned out to be like a crackhead and <laughs> Mrs. Coulter would not be eager to take her back. No, and that's she the truth. wouldn't have anything to do with her. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh so yeah, that's why that's why I'm not a fan of this Mrs. Coulter redemption arc. Yeah, she's not great. Um also she she broke the spirits of a lot of kids, which is yeah, also not great. So many heinous things she did. Led to led to the death of many children. And Azriel too. Like, neither of Lyra's parents are great. Lyra is the chain that breaks the cycle. Is that a thing? The link that breaks the chain? I don't know. Is that a thing people say either? It's not. It's really not. Oh, All I right. had a thought. I had a well, thought, but it's gone. Oh, It doesn't yes, have to okay. make sense. People know what we're talking about, so... Mrs. Coulter has uh, gotten some information from Boreal about where Mary Malone is and where Lyra has been and gotten this information. So it seems like Mrs. Coulter wants to investigate the computer cave. Mm -hmm. So she goes by herself to the Oxford College to investigate this. And she leaves her demon behind. Like way behind, yeah. Way behind. And it does seem like her demon's not happy about it. No, her demon is I don't pissed. Know. Boreal's yeah. pissed. 
I don't know if he's actually in pain or not. It doesn't really look like it. I mean, emotional pain, sure. But physical pain, like like we've seen Lyra and Pan, when they mm -hmm. get too far apart, they, they look like something bad is actually happening to them physically. I didn't see that in the monkey, but he definitely looks sad and so angry. sad, yeah. Yeah. He seems like a, a, yeah, a toddler that is just being separated from his parent mm -hmm. for the first time or something like that um, in a way that he can't be easily distracted from. And we know it's not the first time. Mm -hmm. And as Mrs. Coulter is leaving, Boreal asks where her demon is. And she mentions that um, surely this isn't the first woman you've seen that can have self-control. Of course, you've seen witches before. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. Indeed. Once again, we have to ask ourselves, hmm. is Mrs. Coulter a witch hmm. or has she undergone some kind of you know thing or did she just did she just do this of her own hmm. will somehow she was so like she hated herself so much that she was able to separate herself from herself and that my friends is it's... not a healthy mind <laughs> i would say that my friends is self-control sure is it <laughs> it's the bad it's the bad kind i think maybe it's one excuse, at least. Sure. Um, and it has, I mean, it doesn't not have anything to do with the, the kind of <laughs> discipline you require to leave your own demon behind. Uh, that I thought that we were on, uh, you know, a redemption arc for Mrs. Coulter and that maybe she could, stu you know, stuff her monkey into a backpack or something. But <laughs> that is not like the case. She would never carry a backpack. Yeah. Not unless she absolutely had to. If she was like in the wilderness, I could see her wearing a pack pack, but never a backpack. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very, you know, fringe stylish right now mm -hmm. uh, to do like micro backpacks. And it's something that Lyra can pull off with a snow mm -hmm. ferret. But... Right. Mrs. Coulter cannot pull it off in her sharp suit. No, monkey's too big. It's got a big old monkey. <laughs> got a big old monkey. Um, uh, Mrs. Coulter asks Boreal why he thinks or was the first to travel to this world. I'm sorry. Can I start that over? Go for it. Because he, they don't have that conversation until she returns, right? Yeah, and that's when she was like, look at all this. Look at look at where you are. Look at this world. And you've done nothing to help our world, you asshole. So Mrs. Coulter goes to visit Mary Malone and see what kind of work she is doing exactly. Mary is uh, adorably, not adorably, that's... Uh, that's minimizing and pandering, I think. But she is uh, very quirkily. Is that a word? It is sure. now. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to kick her out immediately. 
Like anyone mm-hmm. and any person who's interested in their work, either they know about it and they're uh, they're a person like Lyra, who's mm-hmm. a special case, or they're someone who's willing to invest in a very uh, nefarious way. Right. Which is good instincts on her, but she reveals that she is, uh, Mrs. Coulter reveals that she is Lyra's mother and apologizes for her daughter perhaps being a nuisance. Hmm. And, um, you know, Mary Malone tries to find level ground or, you know, common ground with her and ask if she has anything published in her her research as a experimental theologian. Mm-hmm. And that that really strikes a chord with Mrs. Coulter. And I think that is what drives her off. Yeah, it it freaks her out a little bit because I think at that moment she puts herself in Mary's shoes and thinks, what could I have done if I had been in this world instead of my stupid, crappy, repressive, women-hating world? Yeah, she'd be a, a doctor two, three times over. Maybe she'd, be she'd have some, at least one doctorate for sure. She'd be into some pretty crazy stuff, I bet. I really like this has nothing to do with anything other than my own personal interests, mm. but I love the way that this scene opens up. We get to see Mary's desk, just the the crazy stuff. It's just piles of papers and books. There's a little bonsai tree and there's scissors next to it. So we know that she actually tends to it. Because of course she does. Of course she does. It's fantastic. It it spoke very deeply to me because minus all of the smart stuff, that is what my desk looks like <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> imagine imagine everything that was on her desk except make it Fashion. about sixty about 60% dumber, like popsicle sticks and other things like paints. Mrs. Coulter gets very agitated by her being asked the simple question of how many published papers have you written, mm-hmm. which seems to be a simple thing, especially in this era of technology. You know, anyone who writes anything could be published online, but it's a big question for her. So she disappears because of that. Is that what you got out of that? Yeah, I I got out of it that it hit a little too close to home because she, I mean, she admits later on to Aboreal that she did have published papers. And the only, literally the only reason she doesn't have a doctorate is because she was a woman and the magisterium said no. So I think she, again, was putting herself in Mary's shoes and thinking, I could have had everything I wanted if I'd been in this world, but I had the misfortune, just the bad luck of being born in the world that I was born into. So then we get back to, then we merge storylines again with Mrs. Coulter returning, I want to say home, but back to <laughs> Boreal's flat apartment, condo. Place. House. Place. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he returns, I'm sorry, she returns back there to find Boreal and he says, you know what? I'm going to cheer you up and tell you that I find most women uh, who are educated to be intelligent and pertinent and free and uh, very arrogant. And it's a big turnoff for him. 
And the only reason he's turned on to Mrs. Coulter so hard is because she's got the religion thing going for her. I guess so. Yeah. All right. I had some things in there, but <laughs> it's my read. He's very, he's very horny for Mrs. Coulter. I mean, he's all yeah, horned totally. up. Yeah, he is, he is horned up. He's got her in his place. He's very impressed with himself, and is a little curious why she isn't also impressed. He just does mm -hmm. not. He doesn't get it because it's. I don't think he understands uh, feminism or women's rights or anything like that. Yeah. I don't get the impression that he is on that train. <laughs> so he doesn't understand why she's upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this man who has. Uh, a closet full of m Mrs. Coulter's size clothes or size clothes and you know every shape and style you could imagine why is that I was, not okay ooh, I have a question <laughs> I have a question about that so did we just did we cut out him going on a little a mini shopping spree or no he's or always did had he it he's always have, had yeah. it <laughs> see that's the way worse option mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's some stalker stuff mm-hmm mm -hmm. How do we know her size? Don't like that. Don't yeah. like that. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's weird. Yep. Super weird. Can't believe he would try to put her in jeans. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was a <laughs> She would never let denim material nonsense. even touch her body. I know. Yeah. And then she meets Mary Malone, like, ugh. <laughs> 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 Look at this casual bitch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love this line by Mrs. Coulter where she's like, where she just confronts it head on. I, I think we talked about it in the last episode, him touching her with the snake in his fingers. Mm -hmm. And it was, she did not reciprocate. But mm -hmm. <laughs> this time she's, she's drawing the line in the sand. Like, you know what? If you even got me, you wouldn't know what to do with me. And I love that line so much. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. It's very true. She mm -hmm. is, she's a scholar. Like, she's smart. And he would not know. I, what would he make her do? He would just make her go out to, like, parties and stuff with him, right? Right. He, you know, he wouldn't be able to, she wouldn't make him breakfast. She wouldn't make the bed. She wouldn't change her his uh, snake bedding in the snake cage i don't know how snakes work but <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is that he well, expects fair, out of a companion yeah, equality yeah, yeah, yeah. i know he doesn't expect and that's no, not what no, he's gonna no. get he's wealthy he would just hire a a bunch of people to do that <laughs> other stuff if he doesn't already i'd be surprised if he didn't have his own personal chef type person yeah uh that and a museum curator just to dust his trinkets. Jeez. <laughs> With the utmost care. Yeah. So Lyra and Will choose this time to try to break in. Mm -hmm. And they come up with this clever idea where Lyra comes to the front door to cause a distraction. Like Lyra is just going to come right up to the door with her demon and Boreal will answer <clears throat> what mm -hmm. nobody expected was Mrs. Coulter to be there. And that right. she is a huge um, part in this turn of phrase, but I'm going to use it because, I don't know, the writers probably considered it as well. Lyra throws a huge monkey wrench. <laughs> or, mm. I mean, I'm sorry. Mrs. Coulter throws a huge monkey wrench right. into oh. the operations here. 
totally. by just being there. She was just outside of the main room watching the video cameras. So they didn't really plan on that when they cut through the worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they somehow managed to, uh, b- with some fighting and some crying and all of yeah. that, somehow managed to get the alethiometer and the knife and escape back into their world. But something really important happens here. And that is Mrs. Coulter says we have, you know, they have, she makes this very emotional plea to Lyra and says we have so much in common. And she says mm-hmm. we have nothing in common as she makes the motion that they have the most in common of, is that the right way to word that? <laughs> by for you know by commanding Pan to attack her monkey demon, yeah, by that doing little thing, that that little sickum motion, yeah, that we've seen Mrs. Coulter do before with her monkey. She even she did it to Lyra, and here's Lyra doing mm-hmm. it right back to her. Yeah, the first time Lyra's ever done it, I think. Yeah, at, at least as far as we've seen. So. Yeah, it's just it was just um it was funny and not the funny sense, <laughs> <laughs> not the good kind of funny, not the good the, kind oh of funny no, sense. It was just the cycle, it, yeah, the cycle repeats. Exactly. But I'm glad I'm glad toward the end of this episode when she's sitting with Will and they're kind of debriefing. She does say, "I didn't want, I didn't like acting like her." So at least she's aware that she did it. It's mm-hmm. not like this thing she's subconsciously doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they are able to, you know, Will musters up all of his strength and so does Lyra. Uh, Maybe a little bit too much. Seems like maybe (laughs) she went a little bit overboard by attacking the monkey, but I don't know what overboard is in this sense because they've killed innumerable children. Yeah, it seems like fair play to me. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to. I'm not going to give Lyra a hard time. The only <laughs> way in which it sucks is that it does mirror her terrible mother's previous actions, mm-hmm. but she knows that it did. So that's good. But no, I think she's totally in the right here. Yeah. They they need to get the stuff that they need to get, and they need to get the fuck out. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Gotta save the worlds, man. <laughs> They've got this. Okay, so my my final topic here is Mary Malone's um, kind of storyline and where we end the episode. The angels come to and speak to her again. Mm-hmm. They play the serpent and tell her that she needs to make a journey to Hornbeam. <laughs> the, the journey word? starts. Yeah, the journey starts at Hornbeam. Okay, which is the type of tree. I think. Oh, okay. Or it's the street. It's one of those two. It could be both. Lots of times, streets are named after trees. But we think that's where she crossed over and how she found that entry portal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this is the first mention that we get of a garden. And, you know, there's only, there's like one, there's one garden in a biblical sense that matters. So that's interesting. Eden. Yeah. So they the dust, the angels 
tell Mary that she needs to save the garden. To do that, she needs to protect the boy and the girl, which is Will and Lyra, Hmm. obviously. And she needs to play the part of the serpent. And we see her reading, reading that part of Genesis as though anybody, I am not particularly Christian and I certainly was never training to be a nun, (laughs) but I know what the, what the serpent was all about, Mm -hmm. right? In the Garden of Eden. So what the fuck? That's weird. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, the serpent was bad, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. The serpent, at a minimum, introduced original sin. That doesn't mean that the serpent is bad. They just introduced the concept of original sin. Self-awareness, basically. Which is dark matter. So it's up to you as a person being introduced to it to bite into it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should say the magisterium thinks dust is original sin but the magisterium doesn't really know shit so or at least i don't know i don't have a lot of respect in the opinion of the magisterium but it might just be because they suck so bad maybe they do know what they're talking about (laughs) i can't help but notice that all their demons are tiny well what is up with that yeah we'll have to talk about that what's up with that what's up with that that? (laughs) (laughs) ooh wee let's move on (laughs) (laughs) so so Mary Malone goes to this garden place where we know that there is a portal that exists and Charles Latram, AKA Carlo Boreal has set up some sort of security filter, you know, uh, security theater. He's installed. <laughs> Tiniest theater. <laughs> exactly. It's a security puppet theater. And exactly one woman approaches and he's like, oh, are you a woman that I was expecting? All right. I'm just going to wave you on through. And uh, I love Mary Malone's face of. I hate lying, but and I hate deception, but I am excelling at it and I'm really proud of myself face. Mm -hmm. She's so cute about that. She's cute in general. (laughs) so, So everything she does is automatically cute. Right, exactly. Got that little round face. Her and her jeans and her her shoes and her face and her hair. It's adorable. Her comfy jackets. Yeah, so Mary Malone is in Chitigatsi. Yeah, she crossed over and I am immediately just so scared for her because adults don't have a good time in this world traditionally and she doesn't know about any of that. Because the friggin, the, the, the stuff to tell her, like, hey, watch your butt. There's things that want to suck your soul out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I that that fear didn't didn't even cross my mind because I'm just I'm just thinking that Mary Malone is too pure for this world and <laughs> nothing could touch her. And uh, I'm worried now. I'm freaking out. I'm. I mean, she's very sure of herself. Well, she as long as she keeps moving, right? As long yeah. as she doesn't stay still for any amount of time. But she then... has to find, you know, her next her next step. I imagine mm. she's not going to stop in that world. I don't know why I always say it as though I don't already know stuff. But like, <laughs> because that's <laughs> the point of this whole operation. 
I mean, it wouldn't make sense for her to to stop there, especially it being as raggedy as it is. Yeah. That particular world. Yeah. There's nothing to do there. There's nothing to do there but get eaten. Like, <laughs> truck along, little Mary. Truck along. Truck along, little Mary. <laughs> truck along on me. Ah. Oh, Mary. You sweet, sweet, pure, innocent angel. Child. Yeah, I like her so much. Summer I'm so glad angel. to see her in the story. Yeah. I'm glad we got to see the second season. Mm hmm. So excited for the third season. Me too. I'm really, I'm so curious how much, how far into the story they're going to get in this season. Because we're only like halfway through, right? Are there going to be 10 episodes or seven? Eight. Seven. Eight. Seven. Okay. Last, one less than last season. Damn. Okay. That makes sense then. I, okay. Oh my goodness. I know how far we're getting then. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. All right. Do you have any other final thoughts about the episode before we get into some listener feedback? Something that I think is sort of interesting and very sweet about this episode is it seems like Lyra and Will are getting even closer. Like they're they're able to kind of laugh at at stupid stuff and they know each other pretty yeah. well and they're working really really well together as a team i mean you know it was a good idea maybe the execution wasn't amazing having lyra be the um distraction and he would be the the window man it was a great idea and it would have been executed flawlessly if mrs coulter were not there maybe but if mrs coulter weren't there the alethiometer wouldn't have already been out, I don't think. Oh. So that's one that's one hitch. I don't know he... how they would have found out which vault it was in, and they wouldn't have had the key for it. Yeah, you're right. Oh, but what am I talking about? They don't need keys. They got the best key, just a really sharp knife. <laughs> yeah, just get close enough, cut a window into there. and Oh, just cut a hole into the, the friggin' safe. Yeah, exactly. Pop, just like it's glass. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was tender. I, I like seeing those parts. It's really nice that Lyra gets to have a companion, like a traveling companion that is closer to her age. I know we talked about yeah. that in the last episode, but I want to reiterate. It's just so nice that there's someone who's on her level and yes. not 30 years older than her. <laughs> yeah, you're you are completely correct because... As exciting as it is to have the the master of the Jordan College or her going off on adventures with her father, it just mm -hmm. doesn't. It's it's not an exciting story for us to watch those people try to teach her things because it's that's not... the thing. Yeah, it would just be them parenting her. Yeah, and as we see in a lot of YA, not not every YA, but a lot of it, you you got to ditch the parents mm -hmm. so the kids can find out stuff on their own. Yes. And that's the journey. I uh, I actually just read the book called The Knife of Never Letting Go by Patrick Ness. And yeah, that sounds familiar. It's it's a really it's a really fascinating book that it's one of those things where it, I feel like it's one of those things where if you tell someone any part of it, it gives away any part of it. Where you know. 
the experience is just kind of the journey and it's a it's, well that's delightfully vague <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of a I want to say it's dystopian but it's not at all it's it's um it's a settlement that has developed on a, a very distant planet unnamed planet where you know there's a settlement uh, there's this colony of people that were dropped onto this distant planet and they all develop their own separate settlements and develop their own kind of codes and morals throughout. And we, you are, you know, experiencing the story from um, the vision of a of a twelve year old boy, which, frankly, I don't think is really old enough. I think they should have gone maybe thirteen, fourteen. As someone <laughs> a lot more developed for the things that happen but it's it's mm. it's a pretty incredible story but again <laughs> it's the it's a book of never letting go by patrick ness it's a trilogy so actually i just got a notification from my local library that the the sequel or is that the right word for uh, the second the second for, it's not version edition it's the second uh installment of the series of yeah. this trilogy was available in my library app. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. That sounds fun. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. It changes depending on how deeply depressed I am on any <laughs> given day. <laughs> yes. Speaking of deep depression, maybe we'll do Christmas lights this weekend. Who knows? But you know what mm. we're going to do right now? We're going to read some feedback, Alexis. Feedback. Whoa. <laughs> again thank you everyone for watching and reading along with us i want to put a quick disclaimer here to let you guys know that even though you might be in the uk or in a different country and watching this a bit ahead of us that doesn't mean you can't send your feedback because we will just read it when the episode comes up so don't think you're excluded from any of this but uh, it's been, uh, it, I just can't say enough how weird this eight day difference is this year. When last yeah. year in the first season, it was a one day difference, Sunday to Monday. And now they're giving us a full week plus between episodes. And it's just, it's so bizarre to me. It is such a weird decision. I would like to maybe do a little bit of research and see. If anybody's talking about why that's happening, because man, it, it makes it makes things weird to review. I, I feel like half of our audience, yeah, is a week ahead of us, right? And all Ooh. of our audience in the UK is, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly like you said, a week ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Half so, of our audience—that's that's silly. I don't think UK listeners are half of our audience. I, I have no idea. I actually I don't know the demographics. <laughs> a portion, a portion of our listeners. Sixty-three percent of our audience, I can, I can wow. say, is likes the color blue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold assertion. Well, where's your data, Cecily? Hey, it, the burden of proof is on you. Honestly, at this point, I don't have to disprove anything. The burden of proof is on you to prove it. Huh? Well, Man, that's science. I guess we're at an impasse. <laughs> Our first piece of feedback is from Stephen. And Stephen has just a quick email 
thanks very much for doing the podcast, although I am sort of listening out of sync because I'm based in the UK. Well, Stephen, we just solved all your problems with a little <laughs> and a little. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that was a very bad imitation of that. I know. Oh, See? the the here. Yeah, yeah, she's got oh, it. My nails are too long. I scratched my cheek. <laughs> Life is pain. <laughs> Uh, Stephen continues, for some reason the show airs in the UK every Sunday night about eight days before the same episode is broadcast in the US. My question to that is sort of tied in. Are you worried they won't make a season three? While I love the show and I'm really enjoying it, I don't think it has quite caught the public imagination as they perhaps thought it might and they still haven't announced the season three. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. When did they announce the season two? Was it mid the first season? I didn't think it was. I thought it was after, but maybe I didn't see yeah. the the UK news. Maybe it was different over there. I don't know. I, I am going to hang on grimly to hope because I have been flexing that, that muscle a lot this year and it's gotten stronger, so I feel like I can <laughs> Yeah, I could hold on to that little shred of hope that there will be a third season. I really deeply, desperately hope that there will be because there's so much cool, batshit crazy stuff that happens in the third installment. Yeah. It's... And it would be a real shame to take us this far. It's a trilogy of books. Would you call a book series a trilogy? If it has three books, yeah, a trilogy. Okay. Yeah, it's a trilogy of books, so um, I hope that minimum when they just close out the series, it's, yeah, again, that's just like a minimum thing they can do. Um, <laughs> overkill or overpromising would be doing, you know, like six seasons and dragging this out, you know, it's like making the the hobbit series into three movies it's too much i don't think they would or could do that i think what's left in the story to tell if they do make a third season which again i desperately hope they do it seem it feels to me like it would minimum have to be a full 10 episode uh, season or series if you prefer third series mhm mm I don't think that they would split it up into two because I think you're right. The I don't think they would want to invest in a fourth season to the show that is only kind of moderately popular. Right. Yeah. Just shut it out in ridiculous ways. Yeah. So worst case scenario, I think they will make it, but it'll be 10 episodes and some of the story points might get skipped over. Which would be sad. Because so many of the story beats, I forgot just how much, just how much happens in the third book as opposed to the second one. Well, it's a big difference. let's hope we're all around for the third series. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Stephen continues, re James McAvoy, it's my understanding that most of filming for season two was done before the pandemic. They apparently were planning a standalone episode with Lord Asriel in which they had to scrap because of the pandemic. 
So that makes yeah. sense. I, 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 yeah, I thought about this and it came to my mind in the last episode that you and I recorded and that something happened that prevented James McAvoy from returning. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed it was some sort of Hollywood negotiation trappings, whatever goes into all of that. Uh, especially just bringing them back from bringing him back for one episode. I'm just making things up, but <laughs> that is. I mean, they only had him in two episodes, right? In the first season. Yeah. The first and the last. So yeah. they aren't going to spend that money if they don't absolutely have to. And I can see them being able to skip his episode in this second thing. They're going to have to do a lot of catch up on what he's been doing. In the mm. third series, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah, he's been talked about quite a bit. All right, our next feedbacker is Jared. I was pumped to see that the most recent episode was almost two hours long. <laughs> so were we. <laughs> Ew, sorry. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. Yeah. You mentioned James McAvoy coming back as he does not appear in the second book. They had intended to include a Santa Lota episode for Lord Asriel, but was shut down due to COVID, so the episode was scrapped. And thus, we only have seven, seven, seven episodes this season. So I would assume McAvoy has every intention of coming back if he was willing to shoot a single episode for season, season two. Man, he's going to have to come back. He's such a major player. Yeah. In the third, the third series. Um, spoilers. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, a character, a powerful character is going to come back and fulfill <laughs> his promises that he made in the first book. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler. Okay. Our next feedbacker is Allison. I love the podcast. I'm not a book reader. I never saw The Golden Compass, and I was feeling kind of meh about the show. At the end of season one, I was not looking forward to season two, but I enjoy your podcast so much that I started watching season two. <laughs> I'm liking season two more than season one, but it's only because of your podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's not living up to your expectations. <laughs> Dare I say that I enjoy your podcast more than the actual show? That's, That's fine. unfortunate for the show. Yeah. I feel bad for the show. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sorry if my feeling is blasphemy in the church of his dark materials. I don't know. It's not. It's fine. I asked this last episode and it's like, uh, is there religion? Are there really angels speaking through dust? Who even ever knows? Do demons speak to us while we record podcasts? That is. In this case, very. (laughs) If if you count speaking as meowing. (laughs) I do. Learn English, you slacker. (laughs) Come on. You have so many hours where you're just not doing anything. Thank you so much for writing in, Allison. And everyone who's written in. Uh, The next one is from Chris. Your podcast has been such a refreshing relief from all the real darkness around us these days. I'm an ICU nurse, so I really needed an escape. It was like taking a walk this morning with two smart, funny girlfriends who are into my kind of escaping. Hell yeah. I love that. I do too. It's so nice to hear. <laughs> Sounds so peaceful. Because we're loose but not unhinged. 
And <laughs> I think, I don't know, try to be relaxing and funny and uh, we're not doing anything too serious. Actually, someone asked me or asked us, I'm sorry, today if we would be covering Handmaid's Tale. And I was like, fuck <laughs> no. <laughs> nope, nope. Oh, that seems that seems hard. <laughs> not me, not us. Yeah, I don't but like you to do that. you. <laughs> yeah, we try to keep it fun and light around here, and things that we enjoy doing, and we can have a lighthearted approach at. Yeah. So Chris continues. I have deeply loved these books since reading them aloud to my daughter years ago. The series makes me feel all those feelings again, and you two make it last longer. Hooray for the longer pod this week! More, more, more. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! We really I went felt, too hard last week. <laughs> we we sure did, and I felt so bad about it too. Thank you for being so reassuring, everybody. I was like, shit, nobody wants to listen to us for that long. If it were me and I saw a two-hour podcast, I don't care how much I love the people, and this is no tea, no shade uh -huh. toward our husbands. But if I yeah. saw a two-hour podcast, I'd be like, oh no, oh, sweetie. No. Yeah, no, maybe I'll save that for I'm a cleaning. long road trip or something. But yeah, if I'm doing yard work, perhaps. Yeah, not in the winter. Yeah, we just got we just got in our questions last week, and uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it because we didn't here. definitely didn't try to string it out for way longer than it needed to go. It just it just happened. Just, it hit us. Just the yeah. vibe is right. <laughs> uh, Chris continues, I kind of want to hide somewhere with Alexis and talk about all my hopes and dreams and fears about the third season. How far will the series go with the blasphemy stuff and woohoo, how they going to do all the CGI? Mm -hmm. Thanks again for sharing your labor of love with us, Chris. P.S. I adore Mary Malone. Cannot wait for what follows with her. She is the best. I don't know what any of that means, but good for you guys. Yes. Or I'm sorry that happened. Excited. <laughs> or <laughs> uh, I love that meme. <laughs> Me too. That's very good. And also, I feel that way a lot. When I see those very long emotional posts, like, oh, listen, you have my sympathy. <laughs> whether that whether that is positive or negative, sympathy. Yeah. Um, it's going crazy again if you guys have spoilery takes if you are watching a week ahead of us in the u.s uh feel free to send that stuff in my eyes are very good at just going glazed over and i can forward them over to alexis for her yeah, to read what i was gonna say just tag me yeah tag me in all those things um i mean it's great if you put in the subject line the episode you're writing about but I'm not going to put too much work on you guys because, hey, we're all doing this for free. You feedbacking, <laughs> us watching and recording, it's all for free. Right. On top of all the other shit everybody does. Oh, so many things. Why is adult life filled with so many things to do all the time, constantly? Zeke says, am I the only one that thinks that the cave computer is an alethiometer? I get it was made differently, and I didn't think to send this in until Alexis mentioned that the Magisterium has their own lithiometer. I knew this, of course, and I am just assuming that the Magisterium is not as good at reading as Lyra. Now that we have another device, speaking for dust, shadows, dark matter, angels, what the hell do I call it? Is this not an lithiometer? 
Maybe book readers, Alexis in parentheses, uh, <laughs> cannot answer, but that's what I'm gleaming from the past episode. If you look at the alethiometer as basically being a like universe Google, then yes. Uh, Mary Malone's setup is like a really good alethiometer. Really, really good alethiometer. Way better probably than Lyra and the Magisterium's alethiometers. Yeah, from this episode, it seems way better because mm -hmm. before she can even ask a question, it's responding. It's telling her what to do. But then it also shut itself down. Yeah. So it also has a little bit more. It's like a Roomba with an autonomy. Free will, maybe. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I do not want my Roomba to speak. No. You don't that want your Roomba to just stop halfway through also. <laughs> don't. No. Oh, man. We're getting a, a new automatic cat feeder because our cat is the worst she will if you if you give her enough food for the day she will just eat all of it at once and then she will immediately eject it from her body <laughs> oh no so we're getting out of that cat feeder and you can record uh voice messages yeah and i'm totally going to do that yes so you know so she can hear me whenever the food comes uh -huh. out and it is going to scare the living shit out of me mm -hmm. i know this already i'm going to be sitting on the couch minding my own business probably procrastinating from something I should be doing and I'm going to hear my voice behind me and I'm just going to pee a little and that'll be my life <laughs> uh, sorry that had nothing to do with anything but no no it had everything to do with everything your own rela personal relationship <laughs> with your demons is different for everyone I think existential dread yep alright that's that's all I've got this week for the episode and feedback i again super appreciate everyone who's written into us we made a, a very sincere bid for attention last week and <laughs> it was you guys, rewarded <laughs> you guys came through when i uh, i genuinely thought no one was listening or <laughs> wouldn't respond to that bid Aww. for attention or else i would have been more earnest less earnest i don't know but you guys came through. I love you. I love you all for listening. I love you too. Thank you for writing it to us and listening and just having a good time with us. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Pleasant. It's nice to be with friends. Indeed. And I just love every one of you for exactly who you are. Hmm. hmm. Unless you're a murderer or other things if you are a decent person you're cool if you make people feel bad online then you need to reassess your life choices but none of you would do that you're all good eggs right exactly if you can stand before mr rogers fred <laughs> rogers himself and say that you are free of sin or say that you are a good neighbor yeah not even free of sin that you can just be a good neighbor who is willing to be a good neighbor now, then you're cool in our book. So again, we've gotten a number of emails from UK listeners saying, oh, I wanted to write in, but I couldn't because we're a week behind or a week ahead and America's a week behind. We're the ones who are a week behind. And that's not cool. That's not fair. If you're a UK <laughs> listener, 
and you are watching the episodes in real time, please feel free to still send us the feedback if you want to. We will read it and address it when that episode comes up. So I was going to say, we could just save it for next week. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. And Boost our, boost our numbers. Boost our <laughs> feedback numbers. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know in, at what rate that you're watching the episodes in the UK or the US, but I assume that you've got thoughts and you will be listening to our podcast no matter what. I mean, that's a given. Sounds like it. Yeah. So send the feedback in. If you remember, please put the episode number in the subject line or the title in the subject line of your email. Otherwise, I'm very good at letting my eyes just kind of go glassy <laughs> if I see there's <laughs> things I shouldn't be absorbing. Right. And uh, yeah, that's a good way to do that. Again, if you want to email us on any kind of feedback, send that to entertainment at swizzbold.com. You can also find us on all the social media at Swizzbold, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but really just Twitter and Instagram because I think I deleted Facebook, as you do. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this podcast wouldn't be possible without our Patreon supporters. You can become a patron if you are not already at patreon.com slash Swizzbold. But right now I want to especially thank all of our Fred level patrons by name, Dave Satterley, Jenny, Angelo Morano, Byron Rasmussen, George P. Burdell, James Taylor, Lisa Singleton, Jared Harrellman, Kira Grusho, Jordan Hoyt, Arvin Rao, Laura Luthi, Brandon DeVito, Mark Hahn, and Greg Rasp. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you for the next episode, episode six of His Dark Materials. See you next time. Bye. Bye.